Happy Friday, everybody. We got a masterpiece of a show for you today. This is the Mona Lisa show with Extra Moan. We're going to be talking about some news stories. <laughs> We're going to be talking about some news stories. Jay Leno was burned in a fire. What does that mean? We're going to talk about that and burn injuries. Also, there's another Brazilian butt lift death in the news. This one is pretty crazy. We're going to talk about that. Lastly, how to keep safe in the holidays. It's all coming up right now on Nip Talk. Live from Lincoln Center in the heart of the Dallas Metroplex, this is Nip Talk. An honest and uncensored show about plastic surgery, health, beauty, and lifestyle. With your host, plastic surgeon Dr. Bruce Herman, and your co-host, entrepreneur and social media influencer Sarah Bennett. Now it's time to discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly of the topics everyone is talking about. It's time for Nip Talk. So I managed to derail the show before we even got started. <laughs> it's a new record. I was not expecting you to say moan. Yeah, extra uh, I was trying to catch you guys off guard. All right, all right. All right, well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Nip Talk. I'm your host, plastic surgeon, Dr. Bruce Herman. With me, as always, is Sarah Bennett. And in the box is the man, the legend, Travis. Hello, hello. How are y'all? Doing good. good, doing pretty good. Good, good. So I have to say, it's the first Friday in like a month that we've come in and it hasn't been pouring rain. Absolutely. It's, a, it's to be celebrated. <laughs> it sure. is to be celebrated. You know what's crazy though is like the last three Fridays where the weather was just absolutely horrible. Actually the drive-in, I mean it sucked because it was raining. It but wasn't like, that bad. It it, wasn't, but it wasn't thought, that bad. Yeah, and then today so much the weather was perfectly clear and it took me like over an hour to get here because there was two wrecks. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't know what that means. What, what does it mean? Does it? I don't know. It's crazy stuff. Yeah. Well, anyway, so we are uh, coming up on Thanksgiving here pretty yeah. soon. And we're going to do a little segment about Thanksgiving. So I guess maybe we'll, we'll save our Thanksgiving questions for the segment because I have okay. one about Thanksgiving. Is it about food? Uh, no, it's not about food. Uh, it's going to be kind of a downer because, um, well, I mean, you know, it's, it's about like, you know, staying safe for the holidays. Because oh. um, there, was, there was, you know, I mean, COVID's still a thing and the flu. Oh, yes, yes. And so um, I saw some articles. You know, I like to talk about stuff on the show that, that you know, is being talked about on, like, real news channels. Some useful information. <laughs> useful yes. information. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah. For it. So we'll talk about that because I, I have an interesting Thanksgiving tradition that I have to, like, bring up to you guys. I'm excited. Yeah. So I was going to tell you guys about an interesting case. And I thought about, like, actually, because I made a segment. It's, like, a little video about an interesting case. And I thought about bringing it, and I was going to air it on the show, but... I was afraid that because the show airs on Facebook, that Facebook would get mad at me and like we'd be in Facebook jail, which, oh, no. yeah. So I, I, what I'm going to do though, is I think I'm going to roll it on Monday on the YouTube channel. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool, but I'm going to give you guys like a teaser. So do you remember when I was talking about the lady who got kicked in the breast by the cow? Mm -hmm. no. Yeah, I remember I that from last week. Yeah, was it last week? I, I think so. Oh. It might have been a week before. I think but was, a few was that a reconstructive surgery situation? Or? It was just like, I think we were just talking about like what happened this week. And I was like, oh, there was a lady got kicked in the breast by a cow. And then there was a guy who had like, you know, the fleshy bacteria yeah, like fleshy. on his groin. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so, yeah, yeah that, anyway, yeah. so that the lady uh, that got kicked in the breast by ended up having to have surgery. And so she was super nice, the nicest lady ever. And I, I was like, this is kind of interesting. You know, can I, sh you know, share your story? And of course, we don't, you know, say your name or show her face or anything. But she was kind enough to let me do that. So I made a pretty cool video about it. Um, I did bring one picture, though, because there was one picture I thought that I could bring. 
And so that's Holy what cow. it looks like. Holy cow! <laughs> so that's what it uh, that's what it would look like if you were kicked in the breast and the side by a cow. That's ah, pretty wait. impressive, right? Like that's some Gnarly. serious bruising. Um, so I did a whole like little video about like her story, which involved like looking at the CT scans and actually a video from surgery. Uh, internal situations. I'm yeah, sure. and that's the part. Yeah, well, and that's the part I was afraid Facebook. Facebook's, you know. I tell you, like, I mean, you know this being on social media, like navigating the restrictions on each I, platform. I get flagged whenever I post pictures of my clothing for my store really? on Facebook. They're like, this is inappropriate. I'm like, it's oh my gosh. a girl in a workout outfit. I mean, it is so, it's so frustrating <laughs> to be on social media. Cause I, I mean, I, as you may or may not know, like I do a lot of social media for my yeah. plastic surgery. And it's like, you know, I just got on TikTok the other day and I've almost gotten to the point where I don't get on TikTok anymore because like in the old days of TikTok, it was great. You could pretty much post what you wanted and like, unless it was just like, just obscene. Like vulgar, like, just like straight right. up. Right, yeah, if it was straight nasty. up like, you know, pornography or something, then yeah. they'd probably pull it down. Um, but like I got on the other day and I haven't, literally haven't posted in like a month or two. And I, I, my account was flagged because they flagged videos that I posted like a year ago. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you're just now like flagging these? I mean, like what's, and they were just like, you know, medical videos. They weren't anything crazy. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I feel like they should make a professional business account specifically for medical. Right. It would be helpful because I have so many like really, really cool things that I could post, but yeah. I don't post them because I know as soon as I post it, they'll get pulled down. Yeah. As long as, I feel like as long as there's like a warning, like, hey, some of this stuff can yeah. be uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. Well, <laughs> YouTube, YouTube is a little bit better. There, yeah. You can actually air... Uh, like surgeries Surgery. on yeah. YouTube and like it'll like say you know maybe this is for adults only but like they won't you know put yeah. you in YouTube jail nice yeah so anyway so maybe uh, so I think that's gonna air that's gonna post Monday I'm gonna put it on the nip talk channel so it won't be like on my personal it'll be on what you're watching now if you're watching on YouTube if you're watching on Facebook you have to go to YouTube to see the cool videos so but it's worth seeing so anyway I think so so any, anything interesting happen to you guys now Travis you had a big date last weekend eh? <laughs> Was it exciting? I mean, you don't have to talk about it, but, but if you want to talk about it, is it good? How do you still remember that? I, I forgot. It's been so much that You happened. forgot about the date already? Well, no, so this is what happened. The date didn't happen. Oh, um, it didn't happen. Yeah, it didn't happen. Oh. She, she canceled on me. Did she cancel on you? Yeah, she, she canceled. Does she know how, like, what a big deal you are? <laughs> I'm not a big deal. That's why she canceled. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> nah, I'm going to have deal. a talk with her. Nah. <laughs> I'm going to so have to talk funny. to this girl. Oh, I was, I was so anxious. Funny. I was been thinking all week. I was like, 12 is going to have to tell me about this. <laughs> no, we re we rescheduled it though. Oh, um, you did. Yeah. So you got like a big like. So like when you do like a date, like cause I haven't dated in like I've been married for like twenty two years. So I've yeah. been dating forever. So like when you do a date, like it's like a big plan thing, or is it just like it is? Like I I basically plan like dinner and then what we'll do after, whether nice. it be like drinks or dessert, it just right. depending on the, I guess the person. Uh -huh. But uh, we were supposed to go to I Declare, um, oh, okay. and there was like live music playing that night too. There was a guy like in there with his guitar. Oh, but, I love live music. Yeah, it was dope. It was dope. I still went. Oh, but, you went without her? Okay. Yeah, I still went. Nice. But, Very uh, good. Yeah, it was a good little time. All right, well, we'll have to get an update. Absolutely. All right, man. I will keep you updated. <laughs> I think I caught him off guard. <laughs> you did a little bit. <laughs> All right, well, let's roll into our first segment. So this is basically our, you know, 411 where we learned about something. And we're going to be talking about burn wounds. Oh, I got, all right, trivia time. This is an iconic music album cover. Can you name the band? I'm gonna oh, give you wow. big brownie points if anyone can figure this out. Can we get a lifeline? Uh, it's from the 70s. Oh, wow. But it's like a huge band from the 70s. A huge the Beatles? Band. 
That's a good guess. Though. I thought the Beatles too. No, it's Pink Floyd. Uh, oh, yeah, Pink Floyd. I was gonna say Rolling Stones. As soon as I like was pulling up this like topic, I was like, oh, I'm gonna use that album cover. <laughs> My third grade teacher used to always uh, play. We don't need no education. Yeah. All the, the wall. Time. Yeah. Pink Floyd. That's yeah. Like and I was like, you're a teacher. Yeah, but she's probably, she's probably a cool teacher. Counterproductive? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very so the reason, counterproductive. The reason we're talking about burn wounds, I don't know if you saw in the news, uh, there was an article about it where Jay Leno actually received that. burn injuries. Yeah, Poor which is guy. pretty crazy. That's wild. Jay Leno, I mean, I loved him. He was a comedian. You know, he was on The Tonight Show, like, when I was growing up, you know, and I was really sad to hear about it. He actually was burned while he was working on He's, like, a huge car yeah, collector. Yeah, he's a car guy. He's got, like, so millions and millions of dollars of cars. So he works on him. He was underneath the car, and I guess there was a gas leak, and it, it, it ignited. So he got burns to his face, chest, and hands. Mm -hmm. And apparently they're fairly significant. So, of course, you know, I want to, like, look into this and see what happened. And fortunately, they're not life-threatening burns. You know how I know that? Because when I looked at the story, he went to a, a hospital, and then they sent him to, like, a private burn care place. It's like the Grossman Burn Center, which... I found it very weird because, like, you know, I did seven years of burn surgery, like, when I was in my training. And, like, burn surgery is usually done in, like, the highest tier of hospital. Like, mm -hmm. a level one trauma center, you know, burn, you know, place that has a burn unit. And I just found it really odd. So I looked this place up. And, of course, in California, they have, like, these bougie, like, burn clinics, you mm -hmm. know, where it's, like, they're, they're making it, like, almost like a like a concierge type like a burn. Salon it's crazy. I it didn't I had no idea anything like this existed. I like learned something. But the good news is is because he went there like this is not like a life, you know, threatening <clears throat> thing. Yeah, cuz he has wasn't like hospitalized for a I mean, long he, of time. He, I mean this is like kind of like a it's kind of like a hospital, but it's like a, you wouldn't go to this place if you were like dying of your burns cuz right. we're going to talk about burns and like, you know, uh, historically they're one of the most uh, highest fatality rates of any in, uh, any injury. Yeah. Um, although that's gotten a lot better, but but he's going to be okay. He's had one surgery to kind of clean up the burns, and most of them are second degree burns. They think he might have a spot or two a third, but they're waiting to see, which makes total sense. Everything they said, you know, checks out. Yeah. Um, so he's going to be okay, uh, and and probably I, I doubt that he's going to you know be disfigured or anything. Probably for a period of time, he's going to look un, unusual. He's probably going to grow a beard if he can. It, yeah, it's gonna be singed <laughs> off. I mean, he might have that hair. You know, he might he's got hair, hair like mine, bubbles. where it kind of like goes yeah. up. He might have singed it off. But I just want to talk a little bit about burn injuries uh, because they are kind of a black box in medicine. And uh, you know, as a surgeon who did a lot of burn, you know, care and burn surgery, I've learned that even doctors, you know, have a little bit of issue dealing with burns because. Uh, I'll get referrals for burns, which I look at, I'm like, oh, this is really simple, and like the doctors are not really sure what to do, or they can't really identify it. So I'm gonna kind of go through this. Um, and as I said, it, it was historically a very fatal problem. And I have one question for you guys today, like one, well, it's one written question. I may have more questions. So <laughs> the major cause of burn deaths, you got four choices. And Sarah, I'm gonna make you go first. I think I made Travis go first last time. Um. What's the major cause of burn deaths historically? Blood loss? Injury organ organ injury, so like you know your your heart gets burned up. Sepsis, which is infection, C. or pulmonary failure. C. C. Travis. Yeah, I say C. You guys are smart. <laughs> yep, it is. So historically, when people got burned, they died of sepsis, which is a overwhelming infection. And the reason for that is the skin is a enormous barrier to bacteria. Yeah, we have bacteria all over us. Mm -hmm. We're always in contact with bacteria, but we're not really getting sick because one, we have an immune system, but two, 
our skin blocks that. So when a burn injury occurs, what happens is the skin is violated. It's like the walls are broken down, right? And the bacteria are like coming in like a like the Vikings to keep to get your whatever. And also too, what happens is when the skin gets injured, then that's almost like fuel for bacteria. They can yeah. they can feed on that dead tissue. And so historically, people would would die of infection. Um, now that's changed a lot as technology got better, and we learned about things like antiseptics and uh, topical medicines that would get put on. The, the infection rate for burns, burns dropped. Yeah. Um, but one of the ways that in the past that people would judge like how bad a burn was, it was called the box, it's B-A-U-X, box score. And it basically took the age of the patient and the percent of their body that was burned and that would equal their mortality rate. So you're 33, 33 years old, if you had a 20% burn, then in the older days, you'd have a 53% mortality rate. Now, Yikes. what? yeah, that, it shows you how dangerous burns are. Because think about somebody that's like 70 years old and they get a 30% burn. Well, then that mortality rate's 100. Now, yeah. what ended up happening is as we got smarter, that number started to be way too pessimistic. So nowadays, they say that like if the score is 140, it's unsurvivable. So that means you at 30 years old could potentially get 100% burn and survive right which would be hard i mean you know but you could it conceivably could happen yeah i mean 100 percent burn is pretty bad yeah that would so, be uh, pretty uncomfortable. um <laughs> so yeah you're in trouble if you get 100 percent burn so one of the ways that we judge burns is like how much you're burned right yeah. and so there's actually a really cool way that was developed to determine how much of the body was burned and it's called the rule of nines and there it is and so your torso is 18%, so that's divisible by nine. So it's 18 on the front, 18 on the back. Uh, each arm is nine, so four and a half front, back. And then the legs are nine in the front, nine in the back, and then your head is nine. So they're all divisible by nine, and that's how you kind of remember. And so you can look at somebody that's burned and say, okay, well, half their torso in the front's burned, so that's 9%, and then their whole arm is burned, that's another 9%. So they have an 18% burn. Because otherwise, it's like, how do you know what percentage of the right. body's burned. So the rule of nines is what us as you know, burn surgeons or even ER doctors potentially, uh, if they were sharp, could determine how big of a burn that you have because it's important in how you treat it. I like how it has 1% in the groin. Yeah, it's right, so, so right. So it's, it's 11 sections that are 9%, and yeah. so that's 99%, and then the groin is 1%. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so um, that's how you, you determine the total body surface area. Um, also, when you're thinking about burns, you want to know the severity, right? Because, I mean, technically a sunburn is a type of burn. And right. you guys have probably heard, have you heard of degrees of burn? Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. First degree, second. Oh, yeah. degree burn, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I, I know it's a dumb question to ask, but like, I, since I've been doing this so long, I sometimes forget, like, okay, do people really know what degree of burn is? Um, so the degree of burn is still used. I would say most burn surgeons don't use that, but a lot of doctors do. So like first degree burn would be like a sunburn. So it's like your skin is red. Peeling. It's, it maybe like feels irritated, but maybe not overly painful. So that'd be first degree. Secondary is defined as when the skin actually blisters. And so I've actually had, when I was a kid, you know, we were dumb and we didn't know things about sunscreen and we'd go out in the sun all day. And I actually had sunburn so bad that I blistered. I've had that before too. So that's actually a second degree burn. At the point that your skin blisters, it's considered second degree because it's a higher level of injury. Also, second degree burns tend to be pretty painful, you know, because the nerves are just really kind of irritated. And then third degree burns are the worst. That's when the whole skin layer is killed. 
And the way that you can tell a third degree burn, like the simplest way is there's no sensation. Like if you have a second degree burn and I touch it, you're gonna be like, that really hurts. If you have a third degree burn and I touch it, then you're not gonna feel anything because the nerves are completely, completely burned out. But most surgeons use a different type of uh, measuring device, which is partial or thickness. So basically all that does is partial thickness is first and second degree and full thickness is third degree. It's just a little bit simpler because to me, it's like, I don't even really care about a first degree burn. It's nothing to worry about. I just care about, okay, is it partially skin burned or, or fully burned? Right. Um, so as I said, burn evaluation can be difficult, you know, because a lot of times what happens when people get burned is like the skin will be all different colors and there might be blistering and you don't know what's underneath it. And so that's why burns, I think, really need to be seen by, you know, somebody who really knows what they're doing. Uh, and also, too, you, you have to really assess the burn to know if it's one that's going to potentially be fatal. Because there's, there's not a whole lot of wiggle room between a burn, which is something someone will completely, you know, recover from, and one that can make you really sick. Yeah. And that brings up questions of, like, what, what should go to a burn unit? You know, because, like, say you get burned and you go to the hospital. Like, if it's minor, they may just treat you right there. Yeah. But if it's really bad, they're going to send you to a burn unit where somebody, like, not, I don't do it anymore, but, like, where I was yeah. Like working as a burn surgeon. I feel like I feel like most people could probably relate to like getting burned like while cooking or something mm -hmm. like that because I have I mean I burned myself when I was cooking like last week and it's just now Did it like, blister? Yeah, it blistered okay. and now it's like finally. So, so you had what's what's called a second degree second degree burn. Yeah. Now fortunately it's really small. Another yeah. way also kind of going back to measuring like because if say you get a burn you're like okay what percentage of my body is this? Your palm is one percent. Okay. So like, you know, if you burn like your whole palm, that's a 1% burn. So like if you burned your arm, you could be like, okay, that's 1%. I have a 2% burn. So if you burn over 1%, you should probably go to the doctor or? Yeah, I would definitely go get checked out. Um, so like people are making fires a lot right now. Right, Because it's yeah. hot, I mean, cold outside, so. So I'm going to kind of talk <laughs> about that because like the, the right answer and what I'm going to tell anybody is if you're burned, you really should see your doctor. Yeah. Okay. But in reality, like you didn't go to the doctor, did you? Because you looked at this and you're like, oh, it's so minor, like it's gonna heal. Yeah, right? I feel like I've burned myself way worse than this too. Yeah, I, I mean, haven't it, gone to the doctor. <laughs> I mean, at the point that you blister, that technically is a second degree yeah. burn. Um, where you should be concerned is if you get like a small burn and like the outside's painful, but the inside doesn't hurt. I mean, that could be worrisome because that center part could be a full thickness burn. Right. And when you get a full thickness burn, it's much less likely to heal. Mm -hmm. So I was going to talk just really briefly about how, you know, how we treat burns. So for minor burns, so like, like your burn, what should you have done? Now, what, well, I'll ask you, what did you do when you burn yourself? Um, as soon as I did it, I put my hand under cold water. Okay, so that's good. So that's the first thing you want to do is you want to stop the burn. Meaning if you got, if your skin got superheated, you want to cool it off. Like if you got burned by a chemical, you know, because there are such things mm -hmm. like chemical burns. Right. Um, you know, you want to stop the burn by irrigating it with water. So yes. like, say you got like hot grease on you, or maybe like if you, you know, have a garden and you have like ammonia, lye or something like that, and you get on your skin, that's a burn. Mm -hmm. You want to stop the burn. So yeah. you, you did the right thing. So what did you do next? Um, Anything? Not really. I think I okay. might have put like antibiotic ointment on it. Okay. Once. So that's, so that would probably be my third step. What I would do in between stopping the burn is clean it with soap and water. Okay, now, yeah. you probably were doing that because you were putting cooking. it underwater. <laughs> and I was cooking. So yeah, yeah, you're cooking. So, you know, if you get a minor burn, you want to, one, stop the burn. Two, you want to clean it really good with soap and water. And that's where some people, like, get a little scared because if you get a blister, you, you know, you always hear don't unroof a blister. In reality, you do want to unroof that because that blister will get fluid and skin, which bacteria can use to, you know, 
cause an infection. So you do want to clean that off. Um, now, of course, if you have a lot of blistering, you just need to go to the to the doctor. But if it's I've, like a, honestly, I found that whenever I burn myself in the like when I'm cooking, if I put my hand or whatever I got usually my hand under water, like really cold water, it doesn't blister as bad. Like whenever I'm just you're stopping like, the burn. Like whenever you're, I'm you're, like, ow, that hurt, yeah. and then I ignore it. Well, it's like but when you touch something hot, like your skin suddenly soars to this yeah. high temperature. And if you allow that temperature to remain, it's going to cause a worse injury. Yeah. You put it under cool water and you bring your skin temperature down, that, that yeah, is helping it you. never blisters. You're stopping the burn. That's right. Yeah. Nice. Sarah's smart. So stop the burn, <laughs> soap and water. And then you did the next thing, which is wound care. Yeah. And, you know, antibiotic ointment's the right thing to do. So, yeah. so that's for minor burns. But for bigger burns, there are some extra steps. So say someone, you know, back in the day when I was working at the level one trauma center came with a bad burn. Uh, you know, first thing we do is assess it, and then the, the, I'm about to say something smart here, so get your notepads out. So you want to think about how much fluid that you're going to give a patient that's burned, because they do have big fluid losses. They start to third space fluid, they lose fluid out of the burn area. So there's a way that you can determine that, and it's called the Parkland formula. Do you know where Parkland comes from? No. Travis Parkland, have you ever heard of it? Sounds like uh, a hospital. Is it, I was to say, is it like the hospital? It's the hospital, yeah. Parkland Hospital, like literally like, you know, five or 10 miles from here, the Parkland oh. formula. So basically the Parkland formula is a way to determine how much fluid you give a burn victim. And it's the four times the percent burn times the total body surface area. So I'm gonna use myself. So uh, I, I weigh roughly 70 kilos. If I had a 50% burn, so you do 50, times 70 and then times four. And I already did the math, that's 14,000, okay? So that means you wanna give 14,000 milliliters of fluid over 24 hours. But you give half of that, so 7,000 in the first eight hours, and you give the other half over the next 16 hours. And the reason that's important is one of the major causes of death in patients who are severely burned before they die from infection, they die from cardiovascular collapse because they just run out of blood volume. It's not yeah. that they're bleeding out, it's all the volume, like the watery part of the blood comes out of it and then there's just not enough volume to like circulate things and they just die really quickly. I can see so that. one of the first things you have to do is you have to resuscitate them and that's where the Parkland formula comes in. And then after that, uh, you wanna make sure that they have pulmonary support. People who are bad, who are burned really badly go into an, a, it's called systemic inflammatory response syndrome. Basically what happens is their organs start to shut down and the lungs start to go first. So a lot of times these patients have to be put on a ventilator. So a patient came in and was really burned, you know, we would usually put them on a ventilator even if they were talking and breathing okay at the time because eventually they are going to collapse. From was it like sudden or is it more like over time? It's, it's not sudden like this, but it happens pretty quickly in the, in the time frame after a burn. Yeah. So, you know, within a few hours. So when someone comes I mean, in, you definitely, sudden. and what's really sad, you know, I'll tell you like something that's really, really sad that I have had happen to me a few times is I had patients come in and they were really badly burned. And I, I knew that they were unsurvivable burns. Like, I mean, that's happened to me many times, you know, when you work in a level one trauma center, you see the worst of the worst. Right. And so we'd have patients that came in and I just, I knew they weren't going to make it, but they were awake and talking and we're like, okay, we got to, you know, put you on this breathing machine. And basically when you do that, like, that's it for them. Cause once you put them on a breathing machine, then you have to sedate them and like, you know, I mean, it's basically like, that's the end of their life. Yeah. That's yeah, really sad. I mean, that happened a few times where you just knew that this was probably gonna be, be the end for them. It's really sad. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, uh, the last, once you, you know, 
for patients who are going to survive, you, you, you resuscitate them, you get pulmonary support, and then you want to debride the burn. So like anything that's full thickness, so like the third degree or full thickness, you want to get that tissue off because it's only going to make the patient sicker. Yes. So we take them to surgery, we debride them, and then the last segment will we do our skin grafts. So you know, uh, after all the wounds are debrided, after the patient's stabilized, then a few days later we would go back and, and we would skin graft them to get them completely healed up. So, um, and that's a whole, you know, another topic. Other topic, yeah. That we can talk about. Yeah, we could do like a whole segment on skin grafting. Um, maybe we'll do one. Okay. <laughs> we could do skin grafts. Actually, the skin grafts are pretty interesting. So, but anyway, that's burns, uh, you know, kind of in a nutshell. I mean, you could talk for hours about burn injuries, but that, that kind of is like the basics. Take home, if you get burned, unless it's completely nothing, you should go to your doctor uh, because burns, when they're larger, can make you very sick and, and you know, people die from burns. Um, so just be careful. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Did you talk about already how we do a skin graft? I haven't. Uh, I we just we just glossed over it, but yeah, we can do. We should do a segment about it. Yeah, for sure. We'll yeah. do one. Maybe next week. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, if you like that segment, please uh, leave us a comment. Leave us your questions about burns. Uh, let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. So, all right. Moving on. Now I got a kind of a disaster story here, and it's sad because it involves a death. Oh, um, no. But uh, this this story, yeah, this is this story. It's. A disaster running into a dumpster fire because as I <laughs> dug into this, it just went from bad to worse. Oh god! So this is actually about a patient. This actually happened a year ago. When I when I saw it, I thought it just happened because it happened in October. It was October 2021. But now I guess like what brought it into the news was the fact that they're going after this doctor for what happened. And so this involves a Brazilian butt lift, which you know. You guys know how I yes, feel about BBLs. I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm against them. And here's another example of someone dying after having a BBL. Um, so this was a patient out in Florida that went to a center called Best You Now Plastic Surgery. And yeah, so I, I, when I looked them up, I was immediately turned off. The Disneyland of cosmetic surgery. Oh, wow. I mean, who would write that? Like, right. I, just, I just is so, I don't know. It's just unprofessional. So th this this business is, in my opinion, a business that's a problem in plastic surgery because I call these plastic surgery patient mills. Like you've heard of puppy mill, mm -hmm. where it's just like, you know, high like volume. Yeah. This to me, this is a plastic surgery patient mill. I think I may be the only person that's ever said that. I may have coined a term. <laughs> this video may go down. It's like that's where the plastic surgery patient mill came from. <laughs> but what they do is this is a business. So it's not like me. So I'm a doctor. I have my own office. And even if I had partners, it would be Dr. Herman and Dr. You know, so-and-so's plastic surgery. But this is a corporation that opens up a facility that does a lot of high marketing and does really cut-rate plastic surgery. And what they do is they do contract plastic surgeons where, so say I, I don't have a busy practice, but I want to just do something, I can go and join this facility and they pay me like 25 cents on the dollar which, you know, it, it, it's, it's not insignificant money, but not near as much as mm -hmm. you would make if you had your own practice. But they pay these doctors like low amounts. A lot of times they do these things under local anesthesia so that they don't have to pay an anesthesiologist. And that allows them to basically do very, very cheap prices, which attracts people. And then they do a lot of marketing. It's like, oh, you can get your Brazilian butt lift for $3,000, which would be, you know, very cheap compared to like if I was doing that, which I don't even do those. And so it attracts people. And... I have just a huge amount of problems with this. I mean, some of the problems, like when you go to their website, it doesn't even have any information about their doctors, like zero information. Like 
When you go to like a legit plastic surgeon's website, it talks about their credentials. Who are they? Where did they go to school? What is their training? What is their board certification? Sounds like some back alley stuff. It, I, I really have a huge problem with these places. And, and they are a really big problem in Florida. There's a lot of them. Mm -hmm, for sure. Um, and it yeah. just, that was the a huge warning bell. Like when you go to their website and you can't even like look up the doctor, there's not even a name of a doctor. It's crazy. Also, like they encourage medical tourism. Like when you go to their form, it's like, you know, is it possible for you to come in for a pre-op consult? But like, it doesn't like have any like kind of negative if you don't. Like you literally could say, I want to get a Brazilian butt lift. Like you could go on their website, say, my name is Sarah, I live in Texas, I want to get a Brazilian butt lift. And they're like, okay, we'll schedule it out. And then you arrive and like literally you go to surgery and have it. And I have a big problem with that because I think a lot of the mistakes that happen in plastic surgery are due to poor preoperative planning. Yeah. And this is just zero preoperative planning. I mean, they probably have something where like you go and you talk to the doctor the day of, but like, I mean, at that point you're kind of committed. And yeah, so yeah. it doesn't give you that opportunity to make a plan in advance, which I don't like. Mm -hmm. And then also a lot of these places, like the doctor doesn't see the patient post-op. It's like, you know, a nurse or something that sees them post-op. So I, I just, I have a huge problem with these places um, that pop up. And so this one specifically, and so that's the first problem, that it's at one of these patient mill plastic surgery places. But the complaint is that this patient died and they, they were giving the patient anesthesia, but it wasn't an anesthesiologist giving the anesthesia, it was an OBGYN. Can you mm. believe that? Wow. I mean, it's crazy. And, and so I looked it up and they were doing, it, it wasn't like a general anesthesia where they put a breathing tube in and put them on a breathing machine, but it was like a level down from that, which means that they were probably getting like IV sedation. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's like a way to save money. Like they don't want to pay for an anesthesiologist, so they just get whatever doctor to come in and do the anesthesia. And so that's why the state is cracking down on this place specifically. I mean, not even for the reasons that I mentioned, which honestly, I... I think in the name of patient safety that places like this should be more regulated. I mean, you know, when you can't even like look up the doctors or what their credentials are, it's worrisome. And they're doing the surgeries in the facility, which is a problem. You know, if you go, so say you come into my office and I'm gonna take you to surgery, I take you to a accredited surgery center, okay? That means that there's a, a high level of credentialing that goes into like the doctors. Are they properly board certified and that kind of thing? When you do surgeries in an office, it's, it's less regulated. Mm. So, um, so yeah, the patient had liposuction, had a Brazilian butt lift, had a breast augmentation. She died in surgery? No. Oh. Uh, so, I, you know, yeah, I am. I try to dig up, like, to try and figure out what happened. Like, the, the details of this are super sparse. At first, at first, I thought that the OBGYN was the one that did the surgery. I thought that's what happened, like, but I, I think it didn't. It doesn't really say, because in the whole article, it says nothing about the surgeon. It's only talking about the patient died, and it's talking about the OBGYN. And I thought that maybe the OBGYN was the one doing the surgery. I mean, because that happens. I mean, there's a big problem with fake plastic surgeons out there. And I call a fake plastic surgeon as somebody who's doing a plastic surgery procedure that's not properly trained. Yeah. There literally are OBGYNs in Dallas Metroplex doing cosmetic surgery. How do you um, know? Like, what, so what's that's like board a whole, certified? And yeah. Yeah, and that's where it gets confusing. And I mean, honestly, we'll have to do a segment on that because yeah. like, it's a lot of, it's even confusing for doctors. Yeah. So if it's confusing for doctors, like the average person like yourself or anyone looking for plastic surgery can easily, you know, get led astray. Yeah. So we'll do a segment on that. Okay. I think we got our segments for the next show. What was the other one we were doing? Skin grafts. <laughs> yeah, skin, skin grafts. Skin grafts and, and fake plastic surgeons. We got our next show.
Nice. Anyway, so um, I think that there's some take-home points uh, for this. And, you know, any time that there's a death, I mean, we don't want, you know, to make light of it. And the reason that we talk about it is we want this to not happen to other people. Yeah. And so how can we, what can we learn from this to prevent bad outcomes in plastic surgery? Because as a plastic surgeon, I feel obligated to police my specialty. Like, I don't want people out there giving me a bad name. So in this instance, I mean, my number one problem is that this is a, is a patient's mill for plastic surgery. Right. I, I hate these type of businesses. I mean, I mean, to be fair, I've had friends who worked for them like right when they get out of training because they just didn't have business. They didn't have their own practice that was busy and they needed to survive yeah, they and they did it. Work. Mm -hmm. Huh? They just needed to work. They just needed to work. But I just feel like there's such potential for problems when you do that for the reasons that I specified. So I'm 100% against them. And, you know, people yeah. may get mad at me or whatever, but like at the end of the day, like I'm about patient safety. I don't want people to have, you know, injuries or deaths from plastic surgery. And here's a, an example of how that happened. Yeah. Also, I mean, you do need to do your own research. I mean, letting the OBGYN do anesthesia is just, on my, in my opinion, criminal. Um, I think that, you know, there's a failure of the facility to let that happen. There's a failure of the surgeon if there was one and it wasn't the OBGYN doing it. Like if I went into surgery and it was like a, not an anesthesiologist doing anesthesia, I would stop the procedure. I'd be like, okay, I don't feel safe about this. The nurses involved should do that. At, at every facility I work at, there's signs that say, if you're concerned, say something, which it's, it's encouraging people that aren't necessarily the doctor or surgeon to speak up when they see something that's unsafe. And yeah. obviously that didn't happen here. And lastly, I think you should think hard before doing a Brazilian butt lift. I mean, since we don't have any details of what happened, we don't know if, you know, was it the Brazilian butt lift that, that potentially caused the issue that caused them to die? Was it because that the anesthesia was done wrong? We don't know any details. We'll probably have to circle back on this as more details become available. Yeah, I I'd like to, to know. know. Yeah. I want to know what happened. I mean, we not, need to know. We need to know because you want to know how to fix it. Yeah. Someone died. How do we fix this problem? For real. Yeah. Well, let us know what you think about these things. Uh, I personally think that these type of uh, businesses are kind of risky. If you've had an experience, let us know. Was it good? Was it bad? I'd, I'd like to hear. So leave us a comment. Those who like and subscribe, and we want to hear. We want to hear from you. All right, moving on. So this one, I don't know. This is kind of a downer topic. It's. I mean, it's not. <laughs> we really... keep getting more down and down. <laughs> this show. Good thing not... I had two Red Bulls today. Gosh. <laughs> I know. Well, and I say that this is a downer. So it's a Thanksgiving. It's a Thanksgiving article or episode or segment. Okay. But I was like, okay, well, what can we talk about at Thanksgiving, right? I guess you could talk about, you know, how to stay safe because. Okay. I know the pandemic, it's kind of like an afterthought and no one wants to talk about flu season, but when you're in the holidays, it is a potential time for you to get sick. And so there's been a couple yeah. articles pop up. This one was on CNN talking about how to reduce the risk of getting sick this Thanksgiving season. These were a lot more popular in years past, you know, when the COVID pandemic was in full swing. But I think that you could still talk about it today because COVID still is happening. And also the flu season is like, bad this year. Mm -hmm. We had a whole episode about how the flu season was going to be bad. That's proving to be true. Yes. Um, and so how do you keep people safe? But before we get into it, do you guys have any cool Thanksgiving traditions? I have one I want to talk about, but do you guys have any? Anything interesting? Um, well, recently, uh, my family just plays a drinking card game. <laughs> a the, drinking card game? Yeah. All of the younger family members. Which card game is it? I don't, I bought don't it. I bought my sister this like card game off Amazon like three Christmases ago. Okay. 
And so now every time I, we go to her house for Thanksgiving, I'm like, the card game. Wow. <laughs> so we have something of, very similar. Yeah. It's very similar. Travis, you got anything? Um, our family traditional things, we argue. Uh, we do that too. <laughs> I think that's every family. We, we have inappropriate conversations. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't absolutely. want to. No, What's your religion? Names. Who'd you vote for? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we pull names for Christmas. Um, oh, you names for Christmas? Uh, like that'll give you more. You should have more than enough time to get a gift between Christmas and Thanksgiving. That's a good right. idea. That is yeah. good. So we pull names for like Christmas gifts. So nice. we have two traditions. One is like we've done forever, and one's kind of new. So the first one is we do something called Thanksgiving bingo. Uh, so it's kind of like one of those things where you bring like a gift that's less than twenty dollars, and so everybody brings one, and you throw them in this big pile, and then we play bingo, and if you get a bingo, you get to pick a gift. Oh wow! But the next person can steal your gift. So it's like Secret <laughs> Santa. I guess, yeah, Except or like white elephant. White yeah. elephant, yeah, yeah, that's what it's called. White so we elephant. do white elephant gifts, but that's it's dope. bingo that lets you get the chance to pick. So nice. do y'all wrap the gifts? Oh yeah, y'all wrap. So, so it's a big pile. You, like you don't know yeah, what you're getting. Exactly. Like you might open it up. Do you and wrap it in Thanksgiving paper? <laughs> what do you wrap it? In? <laughs> we wrap it in like turkey wrapping. No, oh. <laughs> no, we just wrap it in regular turkey wrap. Paper. Turkey paper. <laughs> we wrap aluminum it in mashed foil. potatoes. Yeah, aluminum foil. <laughs> no, we just wrap foil. it in regular, you know, regular wrapping paper. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, um, but that's a lot of fun. And then recently, so talking about your card game, we do something called left, right, center which is a dice game where you put dollars. So it's basically we're gambling on Thanksgiving. So you put in dollars with the dice and like it, the last person to have a dollar wins the pot. My okay. kids love it. My kids are like, like horrible gamblers. Like they just love left, right, center. I mean, the whole family loves it. Like it's fun. And you, I mean, you're only paying like $5. So it's yeah. not like you're losing, but you know, it is fun. So that's kind of our traditions. But. That's fun. All right, I'm gonna get us back on topic. So okay. how to stay safe, right? So there's a few things that you can do. <laughs> Um, I mean, the first thing that's, that's the obvious is be vaccinated. Now, yes. um, one thing about vaccination, like you don't want to get your vaccination, you know, the, the day before Thanksgiving, because that's not going to really help you. Ideally, you want to get like two weeks ahead of time, you know, at the minimum would be like a week. Um, also, so like, go you know, get it now. You can get it now. That'd be yeah. helpful. Yeah. I mean, because we're like a week away. So, you know, vaccine. COVID vaccine, flu vaccine, yeah. you know, that helps. And so, okay, so why do we want to do this? Well, once our family members, I mean, not that we should be any different with strangers, right? But it is our family members, definitely don't wanna get our family members sick. And two, you're sometimes around people who are elderly, you got Mima and Papa and like- Babies. Yeah, babies, right? And so you're, you're, you're around the edge of the spectrum of age, older people and like really young people. And those people are more susceptible yeah. to things like, you know, the flu or RSV, which is, you know, young kids or COVID or whatever. Mm -hmm. So we do wanna protect ourselves. So vaccinations are important, you know, that's one thing. Um, the other ways is increasing ventilation. These are airborne diseases. So, I mean, I know it's crazy, but you could do something like have Thanksgiving outside, which you could maybe do in Texas, just depends on what weekend it is. I think that's kind of almost unrealistic to do that, but it would be very effective, you know, because yeah. if you're in an enclosed environment with a lot of people, it's much more likely that you're going to, you know, pick up a bug than if you're outside and spread out. So, uh, Ventilation, like even having ventilation in the room is important open or like HEPA filters, or open windows. Yeah, that's good. HEPA filters are important. I have one of those. Um, other things that you can do would be like simple hand washing. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's kind of, I almost feel like that's become a thing after the COVID pandemic. I mean, as a doctor, I did it anyway, but like I do it like doubly now because I'm just like, it's in my brain. I'm hardwired to, oh, I don't want to get COVID. So I'm 
So I'm like washing my hands. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> hand sanitizer everywhere. <laughs> I know, right? Um, so washing your hands and hand sanitizer is important. Um, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but wearing masks can help, especially like say, for example, like you have like an elderly relative that, you know, had, that's on chemo or something and they're very susceptible to disease. I mean, they should wear a mask. You might consider wearing a mask. I mean, just, you know, I mean, there are still bugs out there that people can catch. Uh, the other thing is you can, you could have like a mini quarantine, which means, okay, I'm gonna be with like 30 of my family in a week, so I probably shouldn't go to the Slipknot pit and mosh three days before that, yeah. because that's, I think that's where I got COVID actually, when I was in Slipknot. <laughs> Remember when I got COVID? Yes. I think I got it as Slipknot. So, so a mini quarantine, like if you're gonna be with a bunch of family, maybe don't you know, go be around a large crowd yeah. in the week prior. And then uh, lastly is you could do COVID testing. Like okay, you can yeah. actually test yourself the day before to make sure that I have a I have like two packages of, of COVID like tests. one package yeah. comes with two tests in it. Yeah. I mean, it would be a very, you know, responsible thing to do that before you go to Thanksgiving dinner is to test yourself because you'll you'll test positive before, you know, you potentially have your symptoms. Nice. So you could prevent someone from getting disease. And of course, if you're sick, maybe don't go to Thanksgiving. I know it sucks, but I mean, you don't want to get your family sick. Yeah. Absolutely. How bad would you feel if you gave Mima COVID and she died from it? <laughs> oh my God, that'd be oh so bad. That'd be a huge. This whole episode has been a downer. That'd be so bad. But it's, <laughs> it's Dr. Debbie Downer. It's a. It's been a downer, but it's been real talk too at the same yeah, time. Yeah, right. Like, I mean, these are things that people need. Yeah, to it's hot topics, right? yeah. hot so, issues. Yeah, facts. practical things. Because it's funny. Things. I have a friend of mine that's getting um, a BBL next month. Oh no. Yeah, exactly. And when we were talking about it, they worked with me at, at my radio station job. Uh -huh. When we were talking about it. Our conversation came into mind like that is yeah. a dangerous procedure. You know what I mean? Well, I are you sure. like? Are you like? I'll pray for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to scare them, so no. I mean, I would. So I mean, I would say. I mean, honestly, like being totally real, yeah. I would say, hey, I work with a plastic surgeon. He like won't do the procedures because he thinks they're a little bit dangerous. Right. And then also, I would. I mean, I would also ask, do you know for a fact that the person that's doing it is a trained plastic surgeon yeah there I, I i exposed some internal medicine doctor in dallas that was doing bbls in their office under local and like he tried to sue me or he threatened to sue me right uh because i like said that this guy shouldn't be doing it and i was like yeah bring it on i'd love to like take this to the media <laughs> but just you know i would i would tell your friend i mean yeah. you know it's, there's what? nothing wrong with like giving people a warning well, what plastic Absolutely. surgery can you do under local anesthesia we'll talk about that <laughs> we'll talk about that Okay. I think all of the information Remember, it, that we talk yeah. about is very vital. So it is. As downer as it may seem, it it's was a necessary. downer, but it's necessary. It's necessary. All right. Well, that's our show for today. Uh, I, instead of doing questions again, I want to reach out to the audience and say, what do you guys want us to talk about? Mm. Like, if, is there any topics out there that you've seen in the news that could be plastic surgery, health, beauty related? Leave us a comment. We want to hear from you. If we do your, if we do your topic, we'll give you a shout out. So Holler. love to hear from you. All right. We'll see you next week on Nip Talk.